Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. In the background, you're going to hear Jack, my little, my other little, my other little guy. We are joined by, look at that, what a special guest. Hi, Jack. I know you can't hear me because your dad has his headphones on. It's all good, though. Uh, we are joined by Jack, and we are joined by, joined, not joined, we are joined by uh, John. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, it seems to be a staple now, Jordan. You're, you're pretty much just wherever me and John are, boom, there's Jordan. I like it. Yeah. I love it. I'm always loving, always love to talk football. So glad I'm back. Yeah, absolutely. So Jordan is Texans thoughts. Obviously, um, what a night to talk about <clears throat> things going on with the Texans. Because God, the schedule. Woo! That those first four weeks are uh, interesting to say the least. Hey, Cody, uh, don't I mean, start. Are we going to just hop straight into it? I mean, let's start. Hi, Swan. Um, we got Cody. We got Swan. Swan's, it's a party now. Swan's going to destroy me and uh, me and uh, Jordan right now, and she's waiting. She's, like, chomping at oh, the bit to come at us about what freaking y'all do? What clowny. Y'all do? Clowny, oh, clowny, clowny. The most underrated defensive player in the league. Look at total yards with him on the team versus total yards with him not on the team. Well, you know what's funny? All the way back through college, Jordan I mean, had Jordan had the best. Jordan had the best pull today, and unfortunately, as soon as I saw it, and it was like two minutes after he put it out, I was like, "Oh God, it's Whitney <laughs> Jadavian," <laughs> and. Uh, it's a great poll because people that didn't know, they, they all went with Whitney. But then at the end, uh, once he changed up the uh, phrasing and actually re- said who it was, everybody would have said that they would have rather had Clowney. So, you know, it kind of tells the story that stats don't matter as much as people would like to uh, to imagine. So, No, I was going to try and troll him, and then I got crazy busy at work. As, as soon as he put up the poll, I knew who he was talking about. And I was like, how secret is he trying to, trying to keep this? But, you know, there's other stats that you can put up there that actually make Clowney look pretty good. They're just not the stats you typically look at. Yeah, if you just watch film, um, that's it. I mean, that's all you really got to do. Don't need to look at stats. I'm convinced that quarterbacks, more so than just about any other player out there, always know where Clowney's at. You know what the funny thing is, specifically with Swan and Clowney, is I think Swan really loves Clowney. But she is looking at the dollar amount more than anything. I, I, I've had conversations with her. She's admitted that the talent is there. She's talked about, you know, how disruptive she is. She even did it today in a couple tweets that she sent back. Um, I think it's more, for her, it's everybody that dogged Bill O'Brien for trading Clowney, which at the end of the day now is looking like the best move, right? Because for everybody that was saying, that uh, you know we would have guaranteed a third you know a third round comp pick. Well, guess what? Seattle lost out on that. Um, so you know I think that's part of it. She's tired of the Bill O'Brien bashing, and that's one thing that people have bashed Bill O'Brien for. Um, no, and I mean it, and it's fair. I mean it's looking like Clown, or uh, Bill O'Brien played his hand correctly with Clowney, um, based on what his market right now. I mean it's kind of obvious that Clowney overvalued himself, and we actually got something for him now. 
in a perfect world we get Clowny back. I I I can I, I can more than if I was Clowny if I was Clowny, the first thing I would have done was like, Hey Bill, is that, that deal still out there? Right. But you know, it is what it is and we all I it's a given that we all love Clowney. This is the first time that I haven't watched all of his games. I, I mean, I watched every single South Carolina game that he was, every Texans game that he was on. So y'all don't have to convince me. Um, it's just, you know, it would, it was a, it was a great little fight y'all were having this morning, or on Twitter, I should say. So Jordan, yeah, was, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, Jordan, go. Yeah, no, I was going to recap. I was saying, I was, gonna, I was defending. Every last tweet that I was seeing for hours, I spent way too long doing it personally. I usually try not to to do that, spend too much time defending, but I he's one of those players where I'm just gonna have to do it. I'm just gonna spend the time because he's that special man, and I was that hurt when we lost him, and I'm still that hurt. You know, they say time heals things, and I guess it has to an extent, but every time I see his name pop back up again, that's that's the thing. We got a good return. You know, you can't be that mad at it. With him only having one year left on his deal, we weren't going to get the best return. But getting Gary and Conley, essentially, a young cornerback one who can still pay and still have for a future. Mm. And then, y'all you know how I feel about Jake and Martin. I'm not going to go too in-depth on that. but So we got something, at least. Yeah, I think it's funny. The best part that you said right there was uh, Gary and Conley cornerback one because at first, I was the only one pounding my chest Jumping up on tables saying, Gary Conley is quarterback one. Just wait. Just wait. And Jordan and I were on the phone yesterday for like almost two hours just talking football and film. And uh, he's writing a piece on Gary Conley. And I asked him, so what are your thoughts on Conley as quarterback one? And, and Jordan, what did you say? I said I'm 100% with you. I see it now. I didn't see it before because you know, when you're watching the lab games, you don't get full view of everything. But if you go to the All-22 where you see the cornerbacks and you see them – entirety of when they're on the field, you see that Conley is sticky. Specifically in press man coverage, no one's getting by him. Quarterbacks aren't targeting him. And when they do, when he does get beat occasionally, which every corner does, he's able to recover, get back into the play, and make a play on the ball. And what more can you really ask for that? Yeah, he's a, he's a stud. And then I guess, Jordan, do you want to give, because you're more familiar now with our conversation with Antonio Cromartie, uh, as you put, the, the you transcribed everything, um, so me and Jordan sat down and talked to Antonio Cromartie today, which was just phenomenal, um, from a, from two guys who just love watching cornerback film. You want to give them a brief synopsis of what they can expect from the interview on, on once we put it on the YouTube, but then also the article? Yeah, so for the interview, James did a great job asking some really good questions to Antonio, and Already kind of, he ran through all of our top corners, like Roby, Conley, and Hargraves, and it was really interesting when he talked about one of the main things that stuck out to me is kind of the difference between man and zone coverage, and how, you know, I always thought that in man coverage in the cornerback, like, you're on one-on-one, you're on an island, so that's where it's kind of harder for them to play man coverage, but the way that Cromartie explained it is that it, zone's kind of harder. Zone, you've got a lot more going on, you've got to read not only quarterback, but the wide receiver in front of you, and route recognition was the big thing you talked about. And so, yeah, he just did a really good job of breaking down all of our corners and differences in schemes and, and um, what he likes about our corners, what he doesn't like. And, yeah, it was a great great interview to see. And then in terms of the article, I'm going through every single Jerry on Conley game last year. I'll probably go through some more um, of his Raiders games as well and try and put together an article about that. Uh, I'm trying to reach out to him. 
see if I can interview him the same kind of way I did Isaiah Coulter. That would be really great to add more to the article. But, yeah, you have to be on the lookout for that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and talking to Antonio, there was a lot of gems, lots – like he dropped knowledge. You would think, honestly, that he was still like a, a 12-year vet the way that he was able to – talk about the coverages and just the schemes and the biggest thing I took a, took took away was and now I can't think of the wording oh backpedaling he was talking about how cornerbacks yeah. nowadays don't backpedal at all they all depend on their hips uh, and being able to turn uh, to run stride for stride with the wide receiver um, so that was the biggest part for me that I got um it was a really good. It was a really really good interview. Um, Preston's in the process of actually editing the video now. So, um, yeah, I, I I was it was a great. That was just a great conversation. Just a very good conversation. All right, everybody is here though. Everybody's here to talk about the schedule. They want to know. They want us to tell them how to feel because that's what we do. And the schedule's interesting. The schedule's really interesting. I, I'm feeling really good about the schedule, and I've only glanced at it by typing it in on the banner at the bottom that you see, the little ESPN-type thing at the bottom telling you guys the schedule. You're welcome. It took like three minutes, so hard work and detail into the stream. Um, yeah, where do you – I mean, so we'll start week one. I mean, at Kansas City, this is, uh, for us, for Texans fans – this is probably best-case scenario to start off. If Bill O'Brien wants to earn back trust and, gain, and establish some credibility with these fans after the DeAndre Hopkins stuff, he's going to have to come out here and show what this new offense looks like and come out of Kansas City with a win. Anybody? Yeah. So, um, I kind of sort of... Disagree, but okay. You disagree, so you don't think that if a win would would make people feel better about Bill O'Brien and just the vision of the team. If we go in there and put up 48 points and are hanging stride for stride, score wise, with the top offense in the NFL. Let's just say that the way fandom in general is treating Bill O'Brien right now, mm -hmm. there would be a a lot more people closer to how we currently are, where it's kind of like. We're just kind of accepting him. Uh, we're not outright hating him. Um, we're trying to see his vision. I think they come around a little bit on that. But I still think that the vast majority of fans will still want him gone. It's going to take a lot more than just beating the Chiefs. It's a start, though. It is a start. Um, if, and I would even say that if we go out and we're competitive with the Chiefs, if we go out there and we score 50 and it's like a 56-49 type game, like something that's just – insane with the amount of scoring and looks like a college game. I think a lot of fans actually come around that way, but I don't think they forgive Bill O'Brien in any form or fashion. Yeah, I kind of echo that same sentiment. I don't think one game is going to do it. It's definitely if there was a team to do it against, obviously beating the Chiefs would go a long way, but like you said, it's a long season and a lot more games we play, but I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting more and more confident that we can win that first game. The Chiefs, they're going to be on their Super Bowl hangover the first game of the season that no one's taking us seriously. They're not going to take us seriously after knowing that they how they just beat us recently. And I think one big thing that stands out to me is with Bill O'Brien and the offense in particular, it got predictable. You'd see that throughout a game, but mainly you'd see that throughout a season. Teams would be able to scheme for us and they'd know what we were doing. The very first game, 
they don't know what our new look offense is going to look like. They're used to the Hopkins offense. They haven't seen Brandon Cooks yet. We're going to have, hopefully, we're going to have Will Fuller healthy. If there's a game, it's got to be the first game that he's got to be, that he's going to be healthy. <laughs> and the Jays are not, right? So we're hopefully going to be at full strength. They're not going to know our offense. That's our best chance, honestly. Yeah, we get prime time to Sean. Everybody's mm-hmm. healthy. I mean, prime time to Sean with a chip on his shoulder. That right there is why the game's going to be competitive. And it may honestly be our best chance to beat them, even though I think we're going to kind of focus a little bit more on deep passes this year. And he's not going to have the timing down with Cooks. He's not going to have the timing down with – he may hopefully have a little bit better of timing with Stills after an entire an entire year with him. But we're – we're going to come out, and it's going to be competitive, and it's going to be a good game. If nothing else, it's going to be a great game. I'll, I'll put that out there right now. It's going to be a great great game. Well, you couldn't think, like, if you're looking at the NFL and you're looking from a marketing standpoint, this is likely, there, there's a good chance this is the first sporting event that we will have. There, there's no other plans for games. This is This is all we have to go off of right now. <clears throat> you couldn't have given the NFL a better matchup to launch the 2020 NFL season then Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes after what happened in the divisional round last year. This is the most ideal situation for the NFL to open up. Now, I think uh, to touch on like the Brandon Cook stuff and the chemistry, we, we said that same exact thing about Kenny Stills and then what happened in the Saints game. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some deep connections to Brandon Cooks. I wouldn't be surprised if the chemistry is there. He's familiar with the offense. They're going to have to build a rapport between the two. But I think as far as Bill O'Brien goes, I think, like I said, it's not going to be something that is going to be repaired overnight. This is going to be something that we will hear all season. It's not going to matter. But it's a start. And that I think that's the biggest thing is as fans, I think a lot of fans feel lost still to this day. And um, I, I was taken back by Cody's. Uh, comments. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I gotta stop looking. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get Cody to knock on wood. I'm gonna hide the comments for me. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I think this is like ideally what you want to build momentum. When you look at the schedule, if you can come out of this schedule, I don't know what would you say, three and one, two and two. two? Yeah, two and two means that you beat. Like okay, so there's a different ways to cut the two and two. If you beat Kansas City and Baltimore and lose to Pittsburgh and Minnesota. I don't really know how you're going to feel because you just lost two games to two teams that you probably should beat. If you beat Kansas City, lose to Baltimore, you know, I, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of ways in these four games that it could go that. James, did you mute yourself? I did. It was an accident, but I'm glad you guys caught that. I think my cord is coming loose. Um, anyways. Uh, I think there's lots of different ways to cut it. But when you look at the Kansas City game, I, I think this team can go – I think we can hang with Kansas City. I know it didn't look like it in the divisional round after they've given up 24-0, but this defense should be a little bit different. Um, Cobb is going to be a big piece. David Johnson's going to be a big piece. Um, Here's the interesting thing when you say that there's different ways to cut it, and maybe I should save it till after we talk about the first four games. Let's say we go 2-2 two and two over the first four games. We beat Kansas City, lose to Baltimore, which would be we could do, we could live with that, and then either lose to Minnesota or Pittsburgh. Um, Most likely Minnesota, because I think we should go to Pittsburgh. With that, we're actually we'll actually be over the minute. We'd, we'd be very excited about the team, especially going forward. 
But you said that if we beat Kansas City, beat Baltimore, and then lose to Pittsburgh and Minnesota, we would actually be down and confused? Yeah. I, th- I think that's interesting. Like, we'd be more excited splitting the games than if we were winning both of them, if we lose the next two. Well, because it's that's the Bill O'Brien recipe. Just like New England last year, we beat New England, probably played our most complete game of the season against New England. And then the following week, I drive all the way down from Austin again to watch them get absolutely carved up by Drew Locke. So, it, you, you know. That game? Oh. Yeah. And, so, I, yeah. Sorry, man. Jesus. So you move. You, you, you beat. No, you're good. You, you, you beat Kansas City. You beat Baltimore. But then you drop to a. 40, you know, however old Ben Roethlisberger is, who just hasn't looked the same lost since he lost Antonio Brown. And then you lose to a Kirk Cousins-led Minnesota Vikings. I really don't think that the fans would feel really good about that. I, I, I can't about see Roethlisberger is what his workout is. His oh, workout God. is drinking beer and playing golf. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Um no, Cody, uh, you got drunk together. Uh, you were drunk as F together at the New England game. John and I were completely sober. You were sloshed. So. <laughs> Cody's like, who are you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to week two. Um, probably, like, I don't know which which matchup is more difficult. Like, we saw what Baltimore did to us last year. Um, I mean, they, they just trounced us. Um, but we've also seen how to beat Baltimore since that time. Um, Jordan, what are your thoughts on the Baltimore game? For me, I have more confidence in us beating a team with a good offense than with a good defense. So with the Chiefs, they've got a great offense. And I'm confident with that because I know we can hang with them. I know our defense is not great, so they're probably going to give up points either way. But So, yeah, with the Chiefs, I think we can hang with them because the defense isn't great. But the Ravens, I'm more scared of because of their formula. I don't like going up against teams with elite defenses, and that's what they got. Their secondary is as good as it comes, and they've added a lot onto the D-line with Clarice Campbell, Derek Wolf, some other guys. They got better in the linebackers. So that defense I'm honestly pretty scared about. And the offense should be still just as good. And we saw how big of a leap Lamar Jackson took in just one year. He's going to take another big leap, I'm assuming, because they're probably not happy with how their playoffs got ended early against the Titans, so he's probably motivated. And they're going to come out strong. So I'm even more worried about the Baltimore game than I am the Chiefs game, honestly. I, th- I think that's fair. I think Baltimore, it's going to be interesting to see what this defense looks like. You know, this will be the real first test without uh, DJ Reader against a very, very good run offense uh, that only got better in the offseason. Um, you know, if Blacklock, it's going to take time for Blacklock to get ac- accommodated to the NFL. Um yeah, this matchup to me, like if I actually had to pick a game to win between Kansas City and Baltimore, I'd rather I'd feel better about a win in against Baltimore than I would a win against Kansas City, if that makes any sense. Me too. Yeah. No, uh, I think we're all in agreement on this. Uh, Baltimore scares me a lot more than Kansas City does. Me too. Uh, Kansas City, I expect fireworks. I expect heartbreak. I expect a good game. The way Baltimore's built, though, um, they can kind of grind us to a pulp. And we don't have we don't have Derrick Henry. I mean, you you're like, yeah, you exposed how you beat Baltimore. Easy. You have a running back like Derrick Henry, and you get an early lead, and you force Lamar Jackson to throw. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson is a much better passer when he's uh, when he's in rhythm and when he doesn't have to be a pass first. But once he's pass first and you get him out of rhythm, then yeah, you, he's not going to be able to throw to keep up. Yeah, I, I mean, we've seen yeah. it over and over again with Lamar. I mean, Jordan, what are your thoughts on, on Baltimore's offense? I mean, they, they obviously added Dobbins uh, as if, like, they needed to. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like that year that we took Will Fuller and I was super pissed off um, as that was considered a luxury pick, in my opinion. Uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts on the Baltimore offense and specifically the Baltimore offense against this new look Houston Texans defense that we have no idea what, what they'll look like? Yeah, so obviously the first thing is stopping the run. And with that, it's not when you got to play discipline, you got to play strong, but you also have to be able to deal with their speed with Lamar. And I'm just not that confident with our linebackers. Second game is great. Benajah McKinney running sideline to sideline, side trying to chase down Lamar Jackson. That, that's not going to be instilling anyone confidence. It is, it is, and I love him for sure. But I'm worried about that. Their offensive line, I don't think they lost anybody. They might have lost their center or someone, but I don't know for sure. Um, and their scheme's always been great. I love what um, – oh, my God, I forget, forget the offensive coordinator's name. But I love what their scheme does in creating advantages. So I'm definitely worried about that for sure. Like what you said is if we can stop the run, if Blackhawk can bail out, Brandon Dunn, everyone on the interior defensive line, Timmy Jernigan, we can get them to third and longs, force them out to throw, that's going to be our formula. And that's how we can get them off the field and get Deshaun Watson on and the offense on the field. And I think it's really going to come down to who wins the time of possession game, honestly, for that. And that's what most games, but with that team in particular, for sure, because that's how they win games. Yeah, no, I agree. And this is uh, I'm okay then. Seven uh, brings up a very good point. They lost Hall of Fame uh, right, was, right yeah. guard, I believe, uh, Marshall Yonda. And from what I understand, they have no idea who's going to be taking that spot yet. So um, that's a big hole to fill because Yonda is probably as good as they come when it comes to the guards. So, um, yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore's scary. Um, you know, will they be without Earl Thomas, you know, who decided to uh, have uh, a threesome with his brother? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, Does he get disciplined for that? I, I'm sure he got disciplined enough by sharing a woman with his brother. So uh, I don't know if he needs a suspension for doing something like that, to be honest with you. Um but, you know, no, but in, in all honesty, like Earl Thomas might not be there. Who knows? Um, we'll see what comes out of that. Um, <clears throat> that defense to me is um, – and then they took your boy, Jordan, uh, Patrick Queen in the first round. So they're going to have speed at linebacker. Um, I don't know if they'll have a – I don't know if he'll be able to stay with Duke or, or David uh, by week two. He's going to have to get acclimated to NFL speed. But um, – They've they've just done everything that they normally do as a franchise is they just get better. They're so good at drafting. It's almost as if, as if every year the draft board falls specifically to the Ravens. It, it's it's almost disgusting when you watch and just look back at their draft. Um, and then they've made some other moves in the offseason too. So, yeah, Baltimore scares me more than Kansas City. I'm confident that we can go into Kansas City and win. I'll be honest, I'm not confident that we could beat Baltimore even at home. And wasn't it, wasn't the game against Baltimore? Was it that was at Baltimore last year, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So and then yeah, they got Justin Matabuke. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, 
The Raven, the Ravens scare me. The Ravens definitely scare me. So let's go on to Pittsburgh. Jordan, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on Pittsburgh? So the Steelers, they really do have a really good defense. That's what got them as far as they did last year. That's something that we'll have to respect. They got playmakers on every single level. TJ Watt. Um, they, they had a rookie linebacker last year, Devin Bush, I think that's what his name, he balled out, Nick Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden's still great. So that defense is the only thing that worries me about Pittsburgh, though. Their offense, mm, nothing. You know, they got some weapons, but they couldn't put it together last year, and like we've been talking about Ben Roethlisberger, he's old, he's been declining. I don't have any confidence in that. I think that's going to be one of the best games our defense is going to have, honestly. And if we can force them into turnovers, get more possessions, I'm not as worried about their defense. So I think we can. I think that's our easiest game, obviously, of the four. John? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Their defense is, again, scary. Uh, took them to the playoffs last year with almost no offense to speak of. But their offense this year is going to be a little bit better than it was last year. Of course, getting Roethlisberger back. I mean, granted, even though all he does is drink beer and play golf and go play football. He's still a good quarterback. Um, he's pretty frustrating. Um, they added uh, Chase Claypool, who's essentially a tight end, and they've got some depth at running back. And Why am I forgetting their names right now <laughs> behind James Conner? Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah. Dang. But they're that team that – yeah, Juju is a good guy. Like, I want him to do well. I don't want the rest of the Steelers to do well. And I know I'm going to be tired, as I cannot even believe, of hearing all about J.J. Watt playing his brothers. So hopefully J.J. Watt decides oh, to be the big brother and just, you know, crush them. And um, JL Productions actually brings up a great point. Deontay Johnson was the – I believe he led all rookie receivers in um, separation created last year. Yep. Um, he just didn't have a quarterback that could throw to him. So this year, getting Big Ben back, I mean, that should only do good things for him. So he should be somebody that you look out for fantasy football. However, I agree, of, of the first four games, it's definitely the easiest one to play. Yeah, when I look at the Steelers, like I, I understand that, that their, off, their, their offensive weapons are something to keep in mind. It's more of the decline of Ben Roethlisberger and his lack of – engagement over the last two years, I guess would be the right like terminology. He just doesn't look like he's into the game the way that he used to be. Um, and like his pick, like the picture that they floated, like he was, he killed a bear the other day or something crazy like that. Like it was like he was out hunting or something. And he just looked, he looked worse than Paul Bunyan. Um, so, you know, I don't really worry about the offense, but I'll be honest. I don't know what this Texans defense is going to look like. So this could be one of those games where they have um, where they have a good game as an offense, and our defense just is exposed. Um, you know, we don't know what the pass rush is going to look like, and that's going to be the biggest thing. Ben Roethlis, you know, the offensive line for Pittsburgh is pretty good. Um, <laughs> Heidi is maybe my favorite person in the chat. She's extremely funny now. Um uh, anyways, when I look at their offense, it doesn't worry me. The defense, on the other hand, this defense might be the best defense in the league this year. Uh, when you look at the additions, when you look at Mika Fitzpatrick coming over midseason, we saw what he did the rest of the year. T.J. Watt's only getting better. Um, I love their defensive line and Steven Tuitt. 
specifically. I think he's an underrated defensive lineman that doesn't get a ton of love. Um, that's a guy that when you put on the film, um, it, it, he just bursts through. Um, and yeah, actually, they did get the they did get Eric Ebron too. So um, I don't know. I just something about the Steelers. It just doesn't feel right. And we I could be totally wrong, but that offense just does not look scary to me. You're not make it them worse, honestly. What's that? You're not good. No, yeah, Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, I'm not scared of Eric Ebron at all. He's a player. He's he's gonna drop more passes than he catches. So he doesn't scare me, other than the fact that he always seems to do something against us. That was actually a good point. He always seems to ball out against us for some reason. But I was feeling that was just like the Colts Texans rivalry. I feel like now it won't be really anything. I don't know. Oh, we're also usually bad against tight ends. So yeah, I think um, yeah. So the Steelers. I don't know. Uh, that'd be a great game to go to. I would love to go. I'd love to go to Heinz Field. Yeah. Is that at Heinz Field? No. Yeah, it's at, it's in Pittsburgh. I would love to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Chicago are the two that I'm targeting this year. What? Do you remember win the lottery and take us all to Green Bay? When I won? Oh no, Green Bay's Green Bay's a home game. Yeah. Is it for real? I'm pretty sure, unless I wrote it wrong, which is definitely possible. I tried. Like I said, I threw this together in three minutes, so um, it could definitely. I could because my brother's a huge Packers fan. Packers fan. He's a friend. Packers friend. Friend. Packers friend. No, uh, oh, I gotta double check that real quick. Anyways, all right. So let's move on. So Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. You know. Oh, that team's interesting to me because I don't think Kirk Cousins is as bad as people make him out to be. I actually am. A, I'm, I'm not a like a fan of Kirk Cousins, but I I do like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. I think he's okay. I think he's above average. I take him over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but that ru- that running attack is what scares me. Dalvin Cook scares me. Um, I'm not sure what their defense is going to look like because they pretty much retooled their entire defense. They lost, I think, they lost Mackenzie Alexander. They lost another corner. Did they lose three corners? I feel like they, they lost Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes. They lost Everson Griffin. Foles have been signed. Um, they brought back Anthony Harris, though. Yep. Um, but yeah, the defense. They drafted the first round corner. I don't know if they've added anyone else though to that room. But I mean, the thing with them is the, the, the corners they lost were all shitty corners. Like they were all awful. So if they had anyone who can possibly be better, it'd be good. But I'm with you. They're a little bit of a confusing team for me. I do worry about their offense, even though they lost Diggs. Um, they, who do they draft? They draft Justin Jefferson to replace yep. him. I think that'll be a pretty good offense. I'm with you. Kirk Cousins gets way too much blame. He's not good in prime time, but that's another story. This isn't prime time. He's going to play well. Dalvin Cook's great, too. So, yeah, that's a very questionable game for me, too. I, I, it's it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be fun. Is that one on the road, or is that one here? That one's at Houston. Okay, that's a big thing, because... So we have Minnesota four, four or five straight home games? Six straight home games? No, I must have messed up. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the ticker's going too fast for me. Um, they did take, But they did take our boy Jeff Gladney. Oh, I love Jeff Gladney. He's a perfect trip for them. Jesus Christ, he's perfect. He is perfect. Um, Pat says in Minnesota. Look at Pat's family. That's a beautiful family, no, Pat. No. <laughs> um... Okay, so yeah, so Minnesota, so they take Jeff Gladney, they were, so they're going to replace Mackenzie Alexander with Jeff Gladney. Their outside corners are still uh, questionable. Their pass rush, I don't really know where that's going to come from. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not scared of Minnesota, but I, I think it's like like Jordan was saying. I think it's more of um, not knowing what to expect. No, unknown. Yeah, I, I I really don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk Cousins balls out this year. Like, I, I do think Kirk Cousins has the potential to be an extremely good quarterback, and I think another year with Gary Kubiak, I think, I think Gary's now the actual offensive coordinator, correct, John? He is. Yeah, that, that's scary to me because Kirk Cousins fits exactly what Gary Kubiak would want in an offense. So we're going to see a ton of Matt Schaub rollouts, um, a lot of play action. Dalvin Cook's going to get the ball a lot. Um, yeah, I uh, – I don't know. I'm. God, it's so weird because when you when you look at the schedule, like the first four games are tough, but like really the Pittsburgh Minnesota games, I guess, are somewhat of an unknown because if Ben is who we think he is, I'm not worried about the Steelers. And then if the Minnesota defense looks like what I think it could look like, I'm really not worried about. Um, well, Zimmer's done more with less talent. He's. I mean, he. When it comes to defense, he's really good at coaching up the defensive side of the ball. And what he's done in the past with, with less talented rosters, he's always scary. And granted, this Minnesota team is in the midst of transition. There's, they've gotten a lot younger this offseason than they have in the past. Because um, for years, it seemed like, or for like two or three years, it seemed like they just kept everybody together. And the only major move they made was, was Cousins. But now a lot of those... A lot of those guys that have been on the Vikings and had really solid years over the past couple of years they've moved on from. But it's still the Vikings. They usually make the right decisions when it comes to this. They're that team that's always – they're always a solid team, but they're never really a threat to go to the Super Bowl. And I imagine that that's still what they're going to be. They're that solid team, but they're not really a threat to go to the Super Bowl. But with the way Zimmer is able to put together – the way he's able to scheme a defense, and if this is a game that – is low pressure on Cousins, that's usually when he when he'll just fall out. Yeah. Well the biggest thing that gives me confidence for Minnesota is that their offensive line is still trash. Yep. They I don't believe they made any big additions and that's where we can really take over our defensive line as long as Walt's healthy. We have a deep defensive line now. We can rotate guys in who can stay um what's the word? Like energized, I guess, for like third down, have a lot of energy and be able to have a good get off and stuff like that. So we can take advantage of the offensive line, stop Cousins their offense. May have the worst pocket presence in the league. Like I wouldn't just say that it's the Vikings' offensive line is trash. Cousins just has no mm. pocket awareness. I don't know that offensive it's a, line. It's a little bit of bad. both. That offensive yeah. line is pretty bad. <laughs> too. I mean, I'll, okay, it's a little bit of both. But when you put somebody that has low pocket awareness in that offensive line that if we ease up and we're not being very aggressive towards towards Cousins, I can see him getting hot. But if they just, you know, continue to blitz, they'll go into prevent, um, which hopefully Weaver it doesn't take that page out of, out of rack, then we should be able to, to keep Cousins quiet. Yeah, they did take uh, Ezra, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. Got actually their second day. They got Cameron Dantzler in the third. So him and Gladney. Uh, they got your boy DJ Wanham out of South Carolina. They had a pretty nice draft, actually. Wanham's going to be a player. He's just a little undersized. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think that the offensive line was garbage, though. Like, I've never seen. But the fresh legs thing is a big deal. Um, 
especially for your boy Martin. Um, if he, you know, if we can see Martin get on the field for three downs, I think, I think this pass rush is going to look completely different than what it looked like last year. I'm completely with you on that. I think he's got the most juice on the team right now. And as long as we keep him on the outside, that was the thing I noticed was weird is we line him up over the A-gap, like trying to pretend he's gently on Clowney and trying to wreck havoc that way a lot more than I like. But if we keep him on the outside there where he's good, where he can utilize his speed and bend and burst off the edge, off the edge, he's going to be great. And then rotating him with Watt, with Merciless, with Grenard, you got Omenahu, Blacklock, Jernigan on the inside. That's a deep defensive line. So, yeah. We got an advantage there for sure. I just can't wait to see what the scheme looks like because it's going to be so interesting to see. Like that's the most exciting thing for me with week one is seeing what this defense is going to look like. I'm not I worried. Just have to huh? Figure out a way to get Martin and Merciless both on the on the field at the same time in an effective manner. Yeah, like maybe just run a base three four. Well, I mean Martin really can't. He's not going to be a, a really good coverage. He Grenard's the better Sam linebacker than than Martin, but. Martins is a way better pass rusher. So it's just how do you take advantage of getting – Merciless can't cover. We've seen Merciless try to be the coverage linebacker. So if we're able to figure out a way to get both Merciless and Martin on the field consistently, and also BMAC also can't cover. That's the issue. Like, Correct. So you got to pull BMAC and put Cole in in order to keep Merciless and Martin out there. So when you kind of talk these things out, it's kind of – understandable why they were shopping BMAC. But at the same time, BMAC's also pretty good at getting pressure. He's pretty good at blitzing. So it's just it's interesting. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. a different tangent for a different time. <laughs> so then we go on to Jacksonville for a bye. Um, uh, have you guys been seeing this stuff on Twitter? Like, There's been a couple analysts that have been like, uh, um, Gardner Minshew is uh, watching his film. I think it was NFL Film Review actually tweeted something out about Gardner Minshew talking about uh, – how he actually is a much better quarterback than people think, and he's going to shock people this year. Anybody put any stock into that? I think he's Case Keenum. I think he's a decent quarterback. I think he's. I think a lot of people are overrating his performance because he was what a fifth round rookie, just kind of thrust in there. But I think he. I don't think he's garbage. I don't think he's Case Keenum. I think he can be good. I think he's got room to grow. The thing with him is that he didn't really have much around him last year. And he's like that's not. Yeah, and he's still pretty good. Like, the receivers aren't great. DJ Shark's solid. Offensive line was there. Wasn't great. So, I don't know. And their scheme, who did they get now? They hired the Vikings offensive coordinator? Someone like that. I don't know. But Minshew, well, they, um, he's having to grow. Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden oh, is their Gruden? offensive coordinator now. No, I thought they got, what's oh. his name? Who? I thought they got the guy from Minnesota. Yeah, Philip Deno or whatever. Yeah. John. No, Stefanski went. No, Stefanski went to the Browns. There was a, there was a guy that. Uh, where, where did Jay Gruden go? I thought he went to. I thought he went to Minnesota. Or not Minnesota. I thought Jay Gruden went to Jacksonville. Oh, let me look. Yeah, Jay Gruden went to the Jaguars as an OC. OC. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Jaguars offensive coordinator Jay Gruden. Okay. Well, that still doesn't make me feel much better. I do like Jay Gruden as an OC, but. Uh, I just don't know who Minshew's going to throw to. No, fair enough. Um, I'm definitely with you. I've, Minshew is is Case Keenum. I, I honestly believe that. Case Keenum has shown showed some ups and downs, depending on who the offensive coordinator and the surrounding talent. But 
right now the Jaguars just don't have the talent around them. I mean, Chris Thompson with his, with uh, Minshew's pop gun, pop gun arm will be annoying, but Jacksonville should not be scary this year like they were the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you got to look. Leonard Fournette's on the trade block. Who knows where he lands? Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is likely going to be gone before then. And then if not, uh, based, based on what uh, has happened with him on Twitter, I don't know if Yannick's going to play this year uh, if he isn't traded. I mean, Fournette. I right. mean, both of them seem just like they went out. So, and I mean, it's like, yeah, DJ Chark, um, who Tony Yeo pointed out. Other than that, I mean, they just released Marquise Lee, and he was a good player. He was a good player. Um, is D.D. Westbrook still there? He's okay. So he's – they got a little bit of speed on the, on the, with the receivers. Who are their tight ends? Nobody. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just – I don't – you know, it's the NFL, so you can never just count out a week. I know I was joking, but um, I still think that they're going to be – we should beat Jacksonville. If we, if, if we aren't beating Jacksonville, I think – there's a there's a real problem. I think to go back to that four game, the first four games opening up. Do you guys see a situation where this team? I don't want to put it out there, but this team starts off zero and two, and possibly loses one or the Pittsburgh or the Minnesota game. Oh yeah, that's definitely that's yeah. well within the the uh, range of outcomes. That's starting off one and three. And in an embarrassing one and three at that. That's I guess at that point, where do they go from here, Jordan? If they do go, if they do start one and three. Uh, if they start one and three, heading to that Vikings game, it's not going to look good. Morale's going to be at an all-time low. I guess the one way you can look at it is that they lost the two, like the two top teams in the AFC, you know. And that's like as long as they were decently competitive games, like it's not anything to like end the season over. You know what I mean? You can't panic at that point. I think it was just a couple of years ago we went 0-4. We started the season that way, and we went on a big winning streak as I'm making the playoffs. Like, So it's a long season. If we start off 1-3, and it's no need to panic. If we go 0-4 after that Vikings game, that might be a different conversation. I think going 0-4 again in Bill Burns' era, after all the questionable moves that he's made, which we don't have to get into, I think it would give Calvary a lot of ammo for sure and give him a good reason to um, finally cut that off. I mean, it's within, It's definitely possible that we could start off 1-7, uh, 1-6. Uh, or if you look at the first, all the games before the bye week, bye week, we could very easily go into the bye with only one or two wins. And after the bye, we would be very Bill O'Brien on – on brand to come out and win the rest of the season out um, and save his job after everybody's ready for him to be done. But yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah, I think the way the schedule lines up, uh, I, like I wouldn't be surprised if we do go one and one and three or or two and two, um, and then start to rattle off some wins. When you look at this the schedule after that, I mean Jacksonville. You know, not necessarily easy because it's the NFL, but should be a win. Tennessee still doesn't scare me. I know everybody's still looking at Tennessee. And, of course, every team in the AFC South has gotten to the AFC Championship game, but the but the Texans. But if they were to start 1-3, and three, 
I, I still see them coming back and, and making a push because the schedule is that favorable. I think it's also just unique off season, right? You have to wonder about OTAs. You have to wonder about training camp, everybody getting in, in line, uh, chemistry, uh, all that stuff. I think we'll see some sloppy football for the first three weeks in the NFL across the league. It won't I actually just... think that plays that pay, that plays to our advantage. Um, for all the crap that Bill O'Brien has gotten all off season, uh, the fact that he has uh, loaded up more of a, a veteran type roster, but we should. I would say I would expect the Texans to be more gelled than some of these teams. Like the Vikings did a major youth mo- movement. We should come out better shape, playing cleaner than them. Um, Baltimore, yeah, well, we do have to pray for them to get the flu or something like that. But we should be able to keep up with the Chiefs, um, which is strange to say that the Super Bowl champions, like, were they didn't lose anybody that actually gained um, Hilaire Edwards. That. Why do I always feel like I mess up his name? But they actually gained a very talented running back and returned all their starters. I feel more comfortable with that game than I do with the Baltimore game. Pittsburgh's just that wild card because, you know, you can get vintage um, Roethlisberger who comes out and just does annoying Roethlisberger things when he just won't die like you want him to. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just going to be it's going to be a weird off season in general or a weird season in general. I, I just don't know. Nobody knows what this is going to look like. Nobody knows if we're going to be able to play the first one. Um, you know, the first week one. I, I think there's a lot of different moving pieces. Um, but I do expect this, just like what we've seen in the past when when teams don't play players in preseason. Week one and two, they start to. That's when they're, you know, starting to get in football shape and things of that nature. We might see a lot of that this year because all these people or all these players haven't really been on the field. They haven't done workouts. Like, yeah, they're working out in the gym, but that's totally different than actually putting on the pads and getting to practice. So it's all going to be dependent on when they can get back to the facilities and actually practice. Uh, Jordan, you got any thoughts? Well, I don't really think I don't add. I don't put too much stock into it. For us particularly, because like John said and you guys have mentioned, like it happens to every team. Every team has to go through the same thing, so it kind of levels the playing ground. So I'm just not even really worrying about that too much. I think you can make it of a case that like some teams have more draft picks and others, some teams have more draft, more veterans. But I don't, I don't think it really makes that big of a difference. Okay, fair, fair. All right, so uh, after Jacksonville, we go to Tennessee. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on Tennessee, John? I know your parents, you talk more about Tennessee than any, any other team in the AFC South. I mean, uh, obviously they had a good season last year. Um, Tennessee, I don't think Tannehill can replicate what he did last year. They lost one of their, their tackles. Um, they're going to continue to rely on just handing it off to Derrick Henry. And A.J. Brown is a legitimate beast. Uh, he's he's going to be the receiver in the AFC South that everybody talks about for the next couple of years. Like, he's a really good player. And then defensively, I mean, they're still solid. They they lost a lot of pieces, but they're still a solid defense. Um, I think that they don't really they – don't, they don't scare me. Um, I think that they were better this past year, and they still got lucky. But if – Tennessee ends up with Clowney. That kind of changes things a little bit, uh, a lot of it, actually. I still think we're the better team, 
but they're just dangerous enough and they'll be just annoying enough. And with Derrick Henry, because you can't tackle him, that we should beat him, but it's going to be one of those that that just stresses you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the, The main thing is, the main thing that drove their success was their chemistry, but then them also having Tannehill playing at such a high level. And I really don't have any confidence in Ryan Tannehill. He's Ryan Tannehill. He's going to come back down to earth. His stats were ridiculous last year, and they were just unsustainable. There's no way that he's going to keep that up, in my opinion. They might have some weapons around him. AJ Brown's great, like you said. Corey Davis, I think he's pretty underrated, actually. But other than that, they lost to Laney Walker. They don't have, like, a third wide receiver. Yeah, and um, their O-line's not great, too, like you said. They lost their second right tackle, Jack Conklin. They have a rookie there now, but he's a rookie tackle who was late in the first round. He's not going to play amazing day one, right? So that's the main thing for me is I, don't, I think Tannehill's going to come back down to earth, and then their offense is going to go back down to earth as well. Yeah, I, I agree that he has to come back down to earth, but, I mean, they do have talent. Like, Johnny Smith is an absolute beast. A.J. Brown is a beast. Derrick Henry's a beast. Um, so Tannehill really doesn't have a lot of excuses to play badly, but he's still Ryan Tannehill. Like, seriously, he can't keep up what he did last year. Oh, actually, another big thing that they lost is losing their defensive coordinator, um, Dean Pease, I think that's his name. Thank you. And he was one of the absolute best in the business. And their blitzes, they had some crazy blitzes that always seemed to work, and they were really good at disguising them and setting them up, and that's how they got home, because they don't, have, they don't have pass rushers. That's why they're looking for Clowney. They can't win one-on-one blocks, so they have to scheme up, and they were great at that. Now, Vrabel's, Vrabel didn't even hire anyone else. We saw how he is Wait, a def- he the defensive coordinator. Yeah, no, he's taking over. He's acting uh, defensive oh, like all. Fantastic. So it's, the defense is going to be trash, at least scheme-wise, and that's what really elevated them last year. Like They had some pieces, but their scheme really took them to the next level. The Jeffrey Simmons aspect, though, is a is a big piece because I totally forgot about him. Um, they lost Drew Casey, but the, you know J- Jeffrey Simmons second year. Obviously, he was hurt most of last year. He played a little bit, um, but and then if you add Clowney to that, I don't know. I, I I'm not worried. I, I there's nothing about Tennessee that scares me. I think the best thing that happened to the Texans this season, this off season, was that Ryan Tannehill signed an extension with the with the Tennessee Titans. To be honest with you. Like, I, I don't believe – like, we're talking about a guy who played wide receiver in college and really hasn't been a quarterback. And you're, you you gave him over $100 million to come be the franchise quarterback of your team, and he's never showed that he's able to do anything. Um, so, I don't know. Tennessee doesn't scare me. If you stop Derrick Henry, it's very similar to the Ravens in, in the sense that if you can stop the run and force Tannehill out to stand back in the pocket and throw 35, 40 times, you should win that game. You should. And, again, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that they're going to stretch you out more than they should. They do every year. Well, we dropped 50 on them before. That was a lot of fun. That was Sean's rookie year. That was so fun. I was in San Diego watching that game. That was so much fun. Uh, All right. Uh, So then Green Bay comes to Houston. Um, You know, I mean, they had uh, somewhat of a weird offseason. We've got to go to that game. That game we have to go to. In Houston? Yeah. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan's going to have to join us and go to his first game. Definitely. Yeah, that'd be really fun. That'd be a cool game to go to. Um, yeah, I mean, but, like, their their offseason, their draft specifically, like, they did Aaron Rodgers zero favors um, and basically 
decided that they weren't going to surround the the best quarterback that you know we've had in the league for the last you know eight years. Give him any other weapons when they've needed wide receivers. They take Jordan Love. They did add AJ Dillon, uh, but they also have you know two really good running backs there prior to Dillon uh, being added to the depth chart. Their defense, you know, with uh, with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, definitely good off the edge. It'll be a good test for our defensive or for our offensive line. Um, but I, Green Bay is not Green Bay is not what Green Bay used to be. Um, last year they were eh, their offense was average. Um, they made I, it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, no, I understand, I understand. But I mean, when you watch them play, I, I didn't, I never once saw a game where I was like, okay. This is the Aaron Rodgers Packers that we've come to expect. This is exactly what we should expect from this Green Bay Packers team. I haven't seen that. I didn't see that at all last year, actually, any of the games I watched. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so for me, for me, the Packers, they won, what, 13 games last year? Yep. They were one of the worst 13-game win teams I've ever seen. Ever seen. Every time, and I wouldn't watch a lot of their games, but every time it was on TV, I'd give it a good look. They weren't great at all. And like you said, I think Aaron Rodgers, it's not the same old team. It's not. He doesn't have the same magic. He's getting up there in age. He was injured throughout the season. And the biggest thing for me is they lost on the offensive line. They lost, was it right tackle Brian Bulaga? Yeah, Bulaga. I think, yeah, Bulaga. He's great. And they didn't replace him at all. Yeah. And I'm looking at their draft here, like we talked about, like they added a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, linebacker, like all these other positions that they don't really need. And they didn't improve his weapons, which was a big thing. So, I don't know. I'm pretty confident in the Packers game, honestly. I think we can take that. And then also because it's at home, I think that's going to win. John? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Um, we should beat them. And it, this should not be a stressful t- uh, game. The Aaron Jones scares me more than A.J. Dillon. Agreed. Um, just because, you know, he's going to wreak havoc on our linebackers if they still can't cover, hopefully. We've got something figured out by then. And then, like, Aaron Rodgers just isn't Aaron Rodgers anymore. Last year, they were that team that always won the the, the close game. Granted, so are we. We're always the team that wins the close games. But but for them, it feels like they're coming off on the downhill slope with their quarterback that always wins the close games, or we're still on the uphill climb with our quarterback that wins the close games. That's a good way to put it. That's a really yeah, good way Lefeur, to put it. Matt Lafleur, 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 I've I've called him an idiot for years now. So, and I usually don't trash talk coaches, and he's just one of those that I couldn't believe got hired as a head coach. There's nothing about his offense that impresses me. The only reason he got hired is because he vaguely reminds people of Sean McVay, even though he doesn't look like him. But he was he like held his clipboard once, maybe. Yeah, we're starting to see with that tree, you know, we're starting to see that just because you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay doesn't mean you need to be handed a head coaching job. Um, you know, I think with Green Bay, look, I think their their pass rush is good. They have, uh, what is it, it's Desmond King. No, Desmond King's in uh, in San Diego. There's another corner that they have. Um, Jair Alexander. J- yes, Jair. Jair Alexander, who potentially could be uh, on the rise to being a top three, top five corner. Um, but outside of that, like, they don't scare me. Adrian Amos in the back, um, I think that this, this offense can stretch the shit out of that, that defense. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. They didn't do anything at linebacker after losing Blake Martinez. Um, 
I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup because I think this will this will be one of those games where we see Duke and David just eating all day long on the shorts and the flats. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Randall Cobb has a good game. Um, their defense, while they have, like I said, a pass rush, the rest of their defense really doesn't concern me. Um, and you're right. Like when I when we look at Deshaun, he's on the rise while Aaron Rodgers is on the decline. And um, as long as you got four back there, I'm not really too worried, especially about uh, against an average offense. So uh, I would probably mark that one as a W. Then we go to the bye week, which is great. That's uh, somehow, some way, every year we always have the like the most clutch timing for our bye weeks. Like it's always at the right time. Um, almost, ha- you know, it's pretty much middle of the season. Um, you couldn't ask for a better time to have a bye week. Um, so that's great. We're not going to break down the buy anymore for you guys, so that's all you guys are going to get. You guys are going to have to wait until that week seven to really see what the buy does. Um, uh, and then we go to Jacksonville. Okay, we already talked about Jacksonville. The next one up, this is, this is I can't wait. I cannot wait. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to have a podcast about it. I hope Jordan writes an article about how bad uh, Baker Mayfield is because – I can't stand the Browns. I hate Baker Mayfield so much, and I don't think this team is going to be any good at all. I still think they're the Browns. I really do. I know they signed Conklin. I know that they drafted another tackle. Uh, you know, I get that they have Odell. They have Jarvis Landry. That defense doesn't scare me. Um, there's nothing about the team that scares me. And a new coach, it's going to take them some time. I don't know. I hate. I hate Cleveland, so... For those of you not familiar with this podcast, one of our big things is to create a Houston-Cleveland rivalry just because we absolutely hate Baker. I hate Baker. Hopefully Jordan does too. That would suck if Jordan didn't. So if you're all here, welcome to it. We all hate Cleveland. Um, Jordan, what are your thoughts on You may not have known it because you never thought about Cleveland before because no one really cares about Cleveland. But now that you're here, you have to hate Cleveland. Yeah, so I'm with you, James and John. I do not like Baker Mayfield at all. I'm not a fan of him. I think he's a dick. I think there's a lot of other names that I could call him, but I won't. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, an actual football team, we've heard it for the past, like, three years now. Oh, the Browns won the offseason. The Browns won the draft. They won free agency. They keep adding all this talent, but they can't put it together because they have too many personalities in the locker room. When they that drafted Manz- Johnny Manziel, they got a higher – uh, draft grade than we did that that year. Like that's one of the things I'm trying to point out. They don't have either one of those first round picks anymore, and they actually got a like a B when we got a D for that draft. Everybody always talks about Cleveland. They're always going to let you down. Well, let me tell you why. Can I tell you why that they do that? Because history shows that you can't be bad forever. So if you're the draft analyst, or I mean, the, I'm or not that. sure. The Browns have, are trying Fair. to kind of prove the opposite. But, but before, when they were the regular Browns, they weren't as bad as what they've been before they went to Baltimore. Like, the Browns, historically, as the Browns, haven't always been awful. So if they keep saying this is the year, this is the year, they're able to point back and say, I told you guys, this is the year. You look at the talent. Look at the hire of Kevin Stefanski. You know, they're doing everything right. They got rid of, you know, they got rid of their GM. They did. That's all great. But until they show that they're capable of doing anything on the field, it really doesn't matter to me. Like, Odell Beckham has been pretty much non-existent. I mean, he was non-existent last season. Jarvis Landry, like Baker Mayfield cannot – you talk about bad pocket awareness about Kirk Cousins. Baker Mayfield's pocket awareness is 
Back into the right every play. It's Back every play. Right. It's every play. So he I, – I, I think he's trash. So I, I really don't know – and then also just like the stuff that he did, like with the Cheesecake Factory and the girls and all that stuff, I really hate the fact that – well, the, here's the part, though. Like if, if a Cam Newton or Deshaun would have done that, it would have been such a huge story. It would have taken off. It would have been on ESPN. It would have been the number one topic on Undisputed. Colin Cowherd would have opened up the – would have opened up for that. Like – but because it's Baker, none of that stuff gets talked about. And I think that that's trash. So that that makes me hate him even more. I don't even want to talk about the Browns anymore. We've given them enough time. Um, I hate Baker so much. Uh, all right. Up next, the ticker is going to remind me. Looks like I think it's Indy for the first time, if I had to guess. No, New England at Houston. This is – okay, so let's have a conversation. I mean – are they hiding, like, is Jared Stidham the guy that nobody knows about and just steps in? They're, they're averaging 35, 40 points. Or is this the year that we see just Belichick mail it in and they go and get their quarterback next year in Trevor Lawrence? If they're taking uh-huh. for Trevor, this, we're going to find out soon. And that's how you kind of – like, I hope they are just because anytime you get to beat the Patriots, anytime you get to beat Belichick, you should definitely enjoy that. But, I mean, Stidham, he never impressed me in college. Am I am I wrong on that, Jordan? I never watched Stidham. After we got Watson, I stopped watching quarterbacks completely. <laughs> Fair, I enough. Fair enough. I couldn't do that to myself anymore. I, he could be the GOAT for all I know. Um, but, yeah, Belichick, he's too smart to – actually try the season and then have their team go 7-9 and nine or whatever and miss out on Trevor Lawrence. He's too smart for that. He knows what he's doing. He probably had, had this plan in place ever since Trevor Lawrence was born. Um, they're going to tank. They're going to get the first pick. That's just how the NFL wants to screw us. So I'm not worried about this game at all. They haven't made any additions to plug up the holes that they've lost. Their offense was bad even with Brady last year. It's going to be even worse. Their defense is great, but if their offense isn't moving the ball at all, their defense loses a lot. So I'm not worried about them at all. I'm not worried about them either. They're going to they're gonna field a good defense because that's what Belichick does. It's probably going to be one of those types of games where it's possession. You know, it's a possession game because that defense plays extremely well. They drafted, you know, they took all the guys that you expect them to take in the draft, and they're going to turn them all into a bunch of Kyle Van Noy's and they're all going to be successful and then go to get, you know, five-year Mac uh, ultra-sized deals in Cleveland and Miami and not perform. Um, but, like, that's just who they are. Um, and, yeah, Heidi, the Katie Tigers did rip uh, Baker Mayfield two shreds in high school. It's, it's actually a, it's a stat, so I'm, I'm very surprised that you knew that. Um, so, yeah, the Patriots, I don't know. I think that we'll see. I mean, they, I, I hope they are tanking. Because that's their only chance of really getting a quarterback. But then again, they could just sign Cam Newton, and then we're all like, they'd sign him like a week before, so nobody can prepare for him. Does some stupid Belichick move. He turns him into a pocket quarterback, and all of a sudden they just go on a run, and we're talking about the Patriots just like we do every year. Like I, I any of those scenarios wouldn't surprise me. No, you're right. Here's the thing that I'm kind of hoping on is Belichick is too much of a competitor. And he doesn't want his legacy to be tied entirely to Brady. I think that's kind of part of the uh, the let Brady go. It's Belichick wants to prove it was him, not Brady. 
So, yeah, he'll probably turn Jared Stidham into, I don't know, at least a mid-level quarterback, and that's all they need with their defense. Yeah. No, I don't think there's too much time to really spend on New England. Um, I, I really don't like that we're not playing Indy early, earlier in the season um, because I think that there's one team in the AFC South that does concern me, and it is Indianapolis. I know there's a lot of talk about um, about uh, yep. Uh, I need new mic cords. I think um, I think Philip Rivers to Indianapolis is going to be one of those moves in the off season where everybody says, "Wow, we got that one wrong." Um, he played behind an Arizona Cardinal 2018 Arizona Cardinals and Houston Texans type offensive line for the last two years. He's not able to move. I wouldn't be surprised to Phillip Rivers with Frank Reich. James are out again. Yep. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry, guys. Um, my kids have been playing on my computer. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Phillip Rivers really does what we've seen him do for at least one more year with Indianapolis. I think Frank Reich's the right coach for him. Uh, they have weapons. They have running backs. They have a great offensive line, and they have a coach that's going to be able to maximize Phillip Rivers. Everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if um, if Philip Rivers goes on and, and does something for the Colts. Yeah, I would just say whenever it comes to Frank Reich, um, I never count him out. Rivers is Rivers is the question mark on on the Colts offense. I really like Taylor, um, them picking him up, and I think that him and Marlon Mack are going to be a great one-two punch. And who's the uh, – they drafted a receiver as well, didn't they? Yeah, Michael Pittman. And Pittman was – yeah, Pittman was considered the most pro-ready of the, uh, of the receivers in this year's draft, other than like – I mean, he was the most pro-ready out of the second tier – um, not their, not the top tier receivers, but there were so many receivers on this year's draft, and in other years, Pittman, Pittman probably goes, I don't know, as a first round pick. Um, so they added talent. Rivers scares me more than Brisket. Brisket. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with James. I'm gonna agree that the Colts are again back to being the uh, the scary team. I think they're scarier than they were last year, but not by a lot. I think we lucked out by playing them here actually because the Colts are a team that always gets injured. T.Y. Hilton's constantly injured now. Like when Phil Rivers is getting to that age where he's gonna keep on getting injured. And I agree that his O line's been trash in the past, but he's also just hasn't played well. I don't think. He's reading the defenses as well as he used to be. He's throwing more interceptions. And the defense doesn't scare me. I know they added DeForest Buckner. They got some good linebackers. But they have no cornerbacks at all. They have that rookie that took last year, Rockison, who they seem to think is going to be great. I didn't like his tape from Temple. They have no cornerbacks. And I think we can take advantage of that for sure. I don't know. The Colts, they're still a tough team. But I'm not going to write them, write them off and say, like, oh, we're going to lose both games. I think we're going to split either the Colts game or the 
or the sorry the Colts series or the Titan series. We're gonna split one of those. The other one we're gonna take two nothing. But yeah, that's my thoughts. I don't know. I, I I just think that there's a lot. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think know. that I think that there is a good chance that Philip Rivers has just one last good year in him, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was this year. The Philip Rivers is one of those quarterbacks that gets zero credit in the NFL. But when you look at his at, at his career, he's been extremely successful. Um, he's a hell of a quarterback. He's a fighter. Uh, I just, it, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if this is the last year we see a Phillip Rivers and he goes out just with a bang. I mean, the guy guy still has an arm that can throw downfield. He's not declining in that, in that sense. Um, and like I said, I think, I know people hate it, but I, I do think Frank Reich is a good coach. And I, I do think that uh, he's building a really solid team. You look at the defense, you know, with adding a Solomon Thomas, um, I mean, DeForest Buckner, sorry. Um, I do think that, I, I don't know, I just, I would not count out the Colts this year. I, I really No, I, I, I'm in agreement. I think Frank Reich is a fantastic coach. And any team that has Frank Reich plus T.Y. Hilton is going to terrify me. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, all right, so next up we have Houston at Detroit on Thanksgiving. No, we skipped Detroit. We skipped Detroit. I'm sorry, guys. I went to Indy. Um, so the Thanksgiving game against Detroit. Anybody worried about Detroit? Nope. Yeah, I'm not worried about Detroit either. I just haven't seen them do enough. Like, they they just waste Matthew Stafford's talent. Just, they're just, like, nobody talks about that story. Like, Matthew Stafford had the potential to be a, a great quarterback, and yet... Once Calvin Johnson left, they just said, we're not going to surround you with any talent. Um, we're not going to make the offense easier for you. We're not going to give you an offensive line. And you're just going to have to deal with it. I, I love Matthew Stafford, so um, I've always liked his arm. I, I'm not really too worried about Detroit. Yeah, I'm not worried about them at all. I don't think Matt Patricia is a good head coach. He's a fine defensive coordinator, but he hasn't shown he can do anything as a head coach. I don't think he like, elevates the talent around him. And there's not a lot of talent to even elevate. Um, their offense doesn't worry about worry me. They've got good receivers, and Stafford's still solid, but the offensive line isn't great. The defense is horrendous. They haven't replaced Darius Slay. So, did you guys know who they picked in the first round? Uh, they took uh, Oka, Oka, I remember. They took the um, the top corner. Oka Dubai. Swift in the second round, right? Oh, they took Okuda. I, them. I guess Okuda, they didn't say Slay. Um, but yeah, other than that, they. Their linebackers aren't good in coverage. I think that's going to be one game where, like we said, David Johnson and Duke Johnson are going to kill. Just get them in space against their linebackers who can't cover, and that's easy yardage. So, yeah, I don't think the lines are anything. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so then we talked about Indy. Um, let's see. So then I think we go to Chicago. Yeah, that the you know, Chicago is funny because they, they have the potential to have a really stout defense. I think last year their defense didn't perform at the level that we were expecting based on what we saw the year prior. Um, Khalil Mack came down to earth a little bit. You know, is who's the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles? Like, who really cares? Are they any different? Like, sure, Nick Foles can throw the deep ball better, but, like, I don't see much of a difference with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Like, yes, uh, let me take that back. I think Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, but I don't think he's enough, like, that much better than him that he's going to make that much of a difference for the team. Um, but if anything... I would actually argue that's, 
that's why the defenses play leveled off is because Mitch was just so bad that he just took the the soul out of the uh, the organization. <laughs> that's my my theory on it because the Bears do have a ton of talent on defense, but. I mean, their defense has holes, but, I mean, it's still a very good defense. Yeah, but their offensive line is still extremely questionable. And part of that is their quarterback's trash. True. True. Jordan, what are your thoughts on the Bears? Yeah. It's going to be a fun game, just another game to rub in the face that they should have taken to Sean Watson. <laughs> that's going to be that's gonna be something that just irks the entire city of Chicago for forever, really. So I hope Deshaun balls out. The funny thing, or not the funny thing, but I guess it's on the road, right? We're in, at Chicago. Yep, yep. So it's going to be it's December, what, 13th, I think I saw. So it's going to be a snowy game. It's going to be cold. So it'll be a fun one to, to watch for sure. I think, I think, like we said, I don't know. I'm not worried about the defense at all. Their secondary isn't great to me. They have Kyle Fuller, the cornerback, but they lost Prince Mukamara, the other starter. They lost... They slot corner by Callahan a couple years ago and they haven't been able to play since since. Their safeties, they got Eddie Jackson, was great. And I don't know if they drafted one early, but I remember hearing from a lot of Bears fans that that's like their biggest worry is safety play. So, um, yeah, I think that's a win against Chicago. It's be his revenge game. Uh, true. That's that's a whole other topic, Gibson's mismanagement and all that. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's we can get into that one next week. Uh, all right, so then we look at we have Cincy. Indy again, which we already talked about. Cincy, uh, probably the worst time to play Cincy would be at at the end of the season, uh, just given that that you know with Joe Burrow, you're gone again, Mike again, with Joe Burrow, um, you know, that's probably when he'll start to click. Um, but I'm also not too worried. I mean, we're still talking about a rookie quarterback. We're still talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they have no incentive to really put out, you know, to, to win a ton of games this year. Um, they're still in rebuild mode. I mean, you can't count them out because it's an NFL game, but it's the Bengals. I don't, I don't really see too too many reasons for concern, to be honest with you. Yeah, Even I think we're – oh, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry, okay. Um, Joe Burrow, he was great in college, put up ridiculous stats, but he there was no college quarterback – in recent memory, honestly, that had a better situation than him in terms of offensive line, in terms of weapons, in terms of scheme, which is the biggest thing. Joe Brady is a magician with what he does. And I don't know how the Bengals couldn't convince him to come and coach Joe Burrow, but that's that's one of their biggest mistakes that they'll ever have. Um, the thing with him, they have weapons around Burrow. They've got A.J. Green. They've got Tyler Boyd. They drafted um, the dude from Clemson, T. Higgins. If John Ross can ever figure out how to do anything more than just be fast, that would be great. But they don't have an off- offensive line at all. It's really ugly there, too. It's, it's looking Houston level. They have Jonah Williams, who I love when they when they drafted him, but he got injured, so this is really like his rookie year. So he might not even play as well as they hope. Other than that, they didn't really do anything to add to that. So that's going to be the downfall. And also the defense is, is pretty horrendous. I don't think they have any talent at all. Their D-line's great, but leader. But other than that, their back end is, is, is trash, honestly. Good job. No, I, I agree. The uh, Bengals are are back to being the Bengals, and they're they've got a lot a lot they have to do to kind of 
build their team up before they're a competitor. They have a deep receiving core. Uh, Joe Mixon's not a bad running back. But outside that, they don't really have a much. They don't have much. They don't have an offensive line. They don't have a secondary. Um, I don't even know who's playing tight end for them now. Um, so Cincinnati, if if we lose to them, it's because we're playing our B squad and we just don't care. Yeah, you know it's interesting with the with the, everything that's going on with you know the the new wild card and things of that nature. You know, there's going to be a lot figured out by that time. Um, so who knows how who will be playing and who won't. Um, but, yeah, and then we end in Tennessee. We already talked about Tennessee, so I don't think we need to talk about Tennessee again. I mean, let's early predictions, guys, but we, we know what the team looks like. We've added the players. We've seen the draft. We've went through free, free, free agency. John, I know this is your favorite game to play is predictions, but, Jordan, I'll start with you. If you were to – looking at the schedule, we just went through it all, where would you say that the Texans end the season? Um, so I'm going to run by game by game just because I haven't really thought about that too much since we've done this talk and kind of learned more about teams. Um, Chiefs, I'm going to go with the dub there, 1-0. Ravens, let's say we lose, 1-1. Steelers win, 2-1. Vikings, at home, I'll say we lose that game. I'll say we'll start the first four games, the rough schedule, 2-2. Two two. Um, Jags win, 3-2. Titans, which one's at home? First one, we're on the road. I'll say we lose the first one, three and three. Packers, we win four and three. Going to the bye, four and three, looking pretty good with our easy schedule ahead. Jags win five and three. Browns six and three. Pats seven and three. Lions eight and three. Colts nine and three. Bears ten and three. Second Colts game, I'll say we'll split it. Ten and four. Uh, Bengals eleven and four. And then the last game, I think we'll throw. Honestly, I think there'll be another one of those where. Hopefully we don't play the starters half the game like we did last time and injured Sean Gibson. But I'll say we throw that and we end up with 11-5. Okay. No, I think that's good. It's a seven-game win streak over there. I like it. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> If we can go back down that, that memory of having when we won nine straight, that was like one of the best feelings as a fan. I'll never forget the episode we recorded before that. So that was, uh, that was truly a blast. All right, John, take us through the schedule. Give us your thoughts. I'm going to put the Chiefs and the Ravens together because let's say we win one of them but not both of them. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. Um, I would bet the Chiefs because Deshaun just plays so much better at night. But the Ravens is still a nationally broadcast game. It's a little later in the afternoon. Um, We set the world on fire against the Chiefs, but we just come up just short. So we go into Baltimore. We score quickly, and we force Lamar to throw, and they can't keep up. Um, it's just one of those where we just jump out to an early lead. It's too much for them to come up, but their defense does settle down. After that, we'll beat the Steelers. So at that point, I'd say we're two and one. Vikings, we beat three and one. Jaguars, we beat five and one. Um, we're going to be five and one, and then it's going to be the Titans. And I think this is one of those come back down to earth games. Um. Not necessarily because it's the Titans, just because of where it's at on the schedule and it's a noon game. Um, follow that up with the Packers. Um, so what do I've got us? So i got five and two. Uh, Packers, to me this is a toss-up game. I say six and two. 
but I don't think I don't like going six and two. To tell you the <laughs> truth, uh, that sounds too good, way too good. Because um, we're definitely going to beat the Jaguars and the Browns, and then we'll be eight and two. Um, it's Belichick, Belichick, and Bob. Um, last year was Bob had to have everything go right for us to finally beat him. So I'd say eight and three. We beat the the Tech, the Lions, so we're now nine and four. Colts, we're gonna split, so I'm just gonna automatically put us at ten and five. Bears, we beat, so we're eleven and five, and then we're eleven and five. We control our division, so we don't really play very hard versus the Bengals or the Titans, so we split those as well. So we end up about. Wait, I added a game. Regardless, I think we're going to end up at 12-4. and four. And we're going to be right there in a contender for a one seed because we actually have a schedule that, that looks pretty good for us. All right. I think, uh, I think we beat Kansas City. I think we lose to Baltimore, but I don't think it's anything like what we saw last year. I think it'll be something that's very close. Um, I, I think this team's going to compete, uh, but I do think that we'll lose that game. Um, and I think it'll be one of those games where the defense is still trying to figure out exactly who they are. Uh, they run over us, uh, but but we still keep it close. Uh, I think we beat Pittsburgh, so we're three and one. I think we beat Minnesota, or no? I think we beat Minnesota, so then we're three and one. Um, you know, if we lost, I, I I can't see us losing to Pittsburgh or Minnesota, but who knows? Um, that Pittsburgh defense is scary. Uh, win at Jacksonville, so four and one. Uh, win at Tennessee, so five and one. Lost to Green Bay, so five and two. Win at Jacksonville. Win at Cleveland, so seven and two. Uh, win at Detroit, eight and two. Hold on, I got to wait for the ticker to come back around. Right? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven and two. Uh, New England, eight and two. Uh, Detroit nine and two lose to Indy nine and three crazy loss to Chicago because that just happens so nine and four um, and then we end with what Cincy or we go Cincy and Tennessee after that so yeah so so then we go to Indy I think we'll beat that so ten and three. Beat Cincinnati and then beat Tennessee. So yeah, I think we go twelve and four. I think we'll be a contender for that one seed. I think this offense is going to be so fun to watch. I really, honestly, wouldn't be surprised if this offense puts on a show every week. Uh, I just, I think that it would. I think it would be ideal. Um, I think being a number one seed would mean a lot to the fans. Um, and I think on the offensive side of the ball, I think we have a real good opportunity. And I think Deshaun's really going to take the next step next year. And for me, that's really the biggest thing that I'm basing all of this on. Is I we've seen Deshaun get better year over year, and I think this is going to be just another one of those years that he just gets better. And I think he's getting to a point to where once he gets to that all-time great status, and it's going to be really hard to beat this Texans team no matter who's on the field because he's that good. Any thoughts? Any comments? I'm with you 100%. I think if you look at Deshaun Watson, everyone wants to compare him to Pat Mahomes, compare him to Malar Jackson, who had borderline MVP seasons. I guess one did have an MVP season, but you, we have to forget. 
Yeah. <laughs> but we just remember that these quarterbacks, that's not the norm for these young quarterbacks to be balling out like that. Deshaun's literally only played two and a half seasons. And he's, what, 24, I think? Yep. That's crazy young. Most quarterbacks, they don't do well until way later in their career. A guy like Matt Ryan's a great guy who I always think of when I think about this. is He really didn't start balling out till just recently. And he was really, like, at the top of his game, like, MVP level. And so it's not normal for Pat Mahomes to come in like that and do what he does. He's a different breed. But Deshaun will get there, and he's already so close, honestly. There's only really a couple of things that he has to make that he's to work on. And we know he's a hard worker. We know he's one of the hardest workers ever. And like we've been talking about this entire time, primetime Deshaun Watson is a real thing. And I'm upset we don't have more primetime games, but he's going to get us to the playoffs where every game is going to be primetime, hopefully. And it's going to be amazing to watch. I'm really excited. John, closing thoughts? No, I'm in agreement. This is going to be Deshaun's year to kind of take a step up. Um, the schedule is wide open for us this year. Um, there's always that one team that seems to come out of nowhere because national guys can't, don't know how to pay attention to local teams. It's it's the truth. I mean, they can't. They have to look at what's on. They have to look at headlines. They have to look at based on what people have done in the past. But they don't get to see teams develop. That's why teams come out of nowhere and surprise. And for us being a division winner last year, I still think that we're the team that comes out of nowhere and surprises because everybody's just so down on BOB. So, yeah. All right, so last one then. So we go 12-4 and four in my mind, 12-4 and four in John's mind, and then what was it, 11-5 and five for you, Jordan? Yep. Okay, so where does the season end for the Houston Texans? I know we're super early. But I want to hear kind of what y'all's thoughts are. Where where does this team where does this team go based on what we know, right? We we see we we know the vision of the offense. The only question mark is truly the scheme of the defense. But we know there's talent there. Uh, Jordan, where does this team go this year? Here's what I'll say: It's all depending on health. If we're a healthy team, if we get Will Fuller and JJ Watt into the playoffs. I think we can honestly go to the Super Bowl. I think there's a very good chance of that happening. I think realistically, if that doesn't happen, say one of them is injured, I'm not going to say who, just say one of them is injured, one of them we have, I think we'll make it to the AFC Championship for sure. And then for that, it all comes down to who we play. If we play the Chiefs, I think we've got a great chance. We play the Ravens, maybe not as much. But I have a lot of confidence in Deshaun Watson and it's kind of like a cliche, like Bill O'Brien says, like depend on like the internal growth of our players, but it's almost true. You look at all the players that have so much room to grow, Justin Reed, um, guys like Lonnie Johnson, Charles Omenehu, Jacob Martin. If those guys all take a little step up, each one of them, we've got a solid team. We've got pieces on every single level of the team. We really don't have that many holes. I think our only hole right now is at safety. And I think – we're going to be a really a team, a team that everyone's going to underestimate, like you said, because of Bill O'Brien and all of his antics. And they're not going to take us seriously, and that's going to hurt them. And I think we've got a lot of potential for sure. John. I have my mind just went blank. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, I'm completely in agreement with Jordan. There's a lot of potential. This team should be a lot of fun. We are going to get that team that we wished for three years ago. We said if we only had the offense equivalent of the uh, Saints and no longer a defense-only team, 
we will finally have a fun team to watch, if nothing else. And with that, I think that we can at least – we should be going to the AFC Championship. The only way that I see that that not happens is injuries happen right before the playoffs or during the playoffs. And there's just that one team that gets really hot and really lucky that's in the destiny. But the way our team's built, I could actually see that being us. I think that this team has a real good chance to do exactly what Jordan said. I think that there's a good chance that this team, based on how it's constructed now and the potential on offense and, and potential on defense as well, and this is what it's all based on at this point because we don't know what things will look like, but I think they have a good chance. Um, I do think that the AFC, champion, or the AFC Championship game is uh, a likely scenario based on health, of course, and I think every team can say that. Um, I think we play the Bills in the AFC, uh, AFC Championship, and I think we have a good chance at, at beating the Bills. Um, and I think Watson can overcome bad B.O.B. I really do. We've seen it in the league so many times where great quarterbacks are held back by coaches, but those quarterbacks still are able to do it. And uh, I think Deshaun is that level of a player that he's going to be able to. I think when you look at the weapons, I think Daniel Lynch has a very good point. I know that we've had hop, and I think it's a hard thing for everybody to wrap their mind around uh, getting group production instead of production from one player. But this team is built at this point to be able to get group production out of everybody. From David Johnson, Duke Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Darren Fells, Jordan Akins, Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, the list goes on and on on offense. And we're talking about, this is one part that people don't tend to think about the most. We're returning all five starting offensive linemen for the first time in the Bill O'Brien era. All five starting offensive linemen will be returning and starting next season. That is so big. And they're only going to get better. And when they were all five on the field last year, they were a lot better than what we've seen in the past. So I think that everything is lining up for the Texans to be able to do it. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Anybody got any comments, thoughts on that? Um, Continue to, I mean, again, this is a team that's been built around Deshaun Watson. Um, we said it in defense of the trade that even from then you could tell that this was the goal this year. This was the plan. They are building the team around Deshaun. You have an offensive line that has stability. There's no more excuses there. A very talented offensive line. You've got pass catchers everywhere, pass catchers that play to Deshaun's um, strength. The question isn't on offense. Deshaun and the Deshaun and the offense are going to take us where we need to go. Our defense is heavily reliant on J.J., though, and either, A, we can surprise everybody, and J.J. isn't as important as we think he is to the defense. Other players step up or we get a healthy J.J. at the end of the year, we can really make that push. Yeah, I think with the defense, a lot of it is scheme and personnel. If we stick – so I've been rewatching the defense last year, and I noticed every time we were in cover two or cover four, we got absolutely killed. Yep. It, wasn't, it didn't matter who. It, the linebackers, the cornerbacks, even the safeties, it didn't matter. But when we moved to man, played cover one man, it was night and day. It was completely different. People were covered up, and they would still might get a pass on us, but that's because of a lack of pass rush. But people were covered. It was like I was I would keep on pausing it throughout the play, and there was no separation. And so I think if we stick to that, 
more man-heavy defense, and then just make simple personnel decisions, like not starting Brendan Scarlett, either having Jonathan Bernard <laughs> or Jacob Martin in his place. Simple things like that. If Bill O'Brien or Anthony Weaver, whoever makes those final calls, can trust some of the younger guys like Jacob Martin, like John Grenard, like doing something like starting, instead of starting Vernon Harvest and the Nick will start John Reed. Doing those things like that where, yeah, it's a, it's a veteran season and all, but these rookies, these young guys got talent. you got to give them a chance. If we can make those personal decisions it, and the scheme changes, like I said, which I think we can, defense should be better by a lot, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you for a great conversation, everybody in the stream. Make sure you guys hit the click, like, and subscribe button. Jordan, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. John, obviously always fun to talk and chat with you. Uh, you guys have got a lot of content coming your way. Uh, articles, I think we have, like, we, this is coming out tomorrow. We have the Antonio Cromartie coming out. Uh, we have the interview with Soft Sports coming out on Monday. We still have to put out the David Johnson uh, interview in a podcast form. Um, we have a ton of stuff going on, so uh, make sure you guys uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you guys go visit the site, Texans Unfiltered. Make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter. You can follow Jordan at Texans, thought, Texans underscore thoughts. You can follow John at Houston FV Pod, and you can follow me at I am Young Ari Gold on Twitter. With that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.